Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I want to take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm going to give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. I want to introduce you to, I'm just going to call you Alice in Wonderland because I've always wanted to live in Australia and I just feel like that's so special. Um, Alice is somebody that I met on social media. So, I mean, I don't know if that's really meeting someone per se. I definitely connected with a post that she did about her passion and all of that. And I want to share it with you because there are so many hidden gems in here, whether you're looking for a job, you've found a job and you want to have a better quality of life, you want to have work-life balance. Alice is here to share all that. So welcome Alice to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Much appreciated. Well, tell me about your background because I think people will very much relate. Yeah, so I have an interesting background. I was born in East Germany, which is um, not something that a lot of people know. My mum was 21 at the time. She was um, single as well when she had me. And a um, couple of years fast forward she married, we had a little sister, um, my little sister, Isabel. And when the wall came down, they decided to pack two suitcases, grab the money that they had from selling their car. And we moved to West Germany with thousands of other people by train, which was quite a significant um, event for us as little kids, obviously. So End of 20s, my parents started again from scratch and um, we built a new life in West Germany, which was really amazing. And we grew up in this really loving, beautiful family environment. But as you can understand, money was never there in abundance. So I think when I was 13, that was the earliest age back then when you could start working. And um, that's when I started having multiple jobs and, you know, delivering newspapers working in the local cafe and the local toy store so that I could afford some of the clothes that I really wanted because in Germany, you don't have um, uniforms at school. And so you were always judged on what you were wearing. And for me, that was secondhand clothing and um, sort of the hand downs from, from other people. And somehow I ended up in corporate healthcare. And that was really the beginning of a really amazing journey for me because I worked my way up from being a team assistant all the way to international event manager. And that really got me traveling all around the globe. And it also got me to move to Australia in 2006, again, which was obviously a major impact in my life and something that I could have never really dreamed about, to be honest with you, living in another country. And um, yeah, so here we were and again in corporate healthcare and really enjoying life. Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> I want to point something out and I think it happens to all of us. Actually, I know it does definitely to me as well, that from an early age, other people's opinions and perceptions of us very much matter. 
And I think it's a good thing in terms of social norms, you know, uh, saying hi to people, being friendly and, you know, again, manners and that type of thing. But I think especially women, we take it to the nth degree where it's like, Mm -hmm. I need to look like other people. I need to act exactly like other people, because if I don't, I'm not worthy. And so I don't know about you, but that definitely carries over to the workforce uh, where I need to go to the happy hours after work. I need to do all the extra things that everybody else is doing because that is quote unquote success and there's no other path. Um, that's really, that really grabs me that you said that because it really happens in middle school, uh, you know, in the U S that's around 11 to 13, 14 years old, depending on, um, where your birthday falls. And, you know, it's, again, there are positives from that because if you're with the right group of friends, you learn that education is important and you should study that you should embrace certain activities that you're just naturally very good at. There's, you know, productive things, but it can get, you know, in a bad spot, uh, in terms of, well, everybody else is doing it and, you know, like the limbing effect, um, And the reason I'm even bringing this up is because that's not where you stayed. You know, you didn't stay in this corporate healthcare. So what happened for you after, well, not after that, but during that time that made you decide to do what you're doing now? Yeah, let me take you a step back there because what you said was really important just then. I was never somebody who knew what they wanted to be or what they wanted to become in life. So for me, I always looked towards other people, what they were doing, what success looked like for them. And I was trying to imitate that, which is obviously the completely wrong approach. Um, Luckily, I didn't venture off too far into sort of the the bad areas. That was really good for me. Um, But I basically, after school, I followed what all my friends were doing, and that was business school, business college. Luckily for me, I have a thing about business, and that's when I really started flourishing. But in middle school, my teachers basically said to me, you are absolutely useless. What are you even doing here? Get in front of the door. You're just a nonsense. You, you shouldn't even be here. My God. You will never achieve anything in your life. And I'm like, wow, well, that just gave me a whole different set of motivation to actually show people, no, I can achieve something and I can do something different. So when we lived in Sydney, I actually had the opportunity to go to university. I was almost 30 at the time. And I thought to myself, you know what, if I don't do this for myself, I really would love to take my degree over to Germany and show this to my teachers and say, guess what? I haven't taken the normal pathway of what everyone else would have expected me to do. No, I have actually now gotten all my experience from corporate and I'm now applying that to my business degree. Of course, of course, I flourished because I had all the knowledge and it was basically just turning all that knowledge into um, whatever the assignments were and, and obviously getting that degree later on in life. But when I graduated, we were in the middle of a road trip. So we actually packed up our corporate life because my husband and I, we were really drifting apart. And He was working as a fly-in, fly-out fitter and turner here in Australia, and I was in product management myself in healthcare, and as you can imagine, that obviously involves a fair bit of travel too. Sometimes we set hi to each other at the airport and that was it. And 
the trajectory really wasn't that great. So we basically just said we have to pull the brakes because otherwise this ends up in divorce. Travelled around Australia for 14 months and then settled in Adelaide. And Adelaide, I call Adelaide the biggest country town in Australia, which kind of is true. And um, I hadn't learned all my lessons. I went back to big corporate, but I ended up with an autoimmune disorder. We obviously ended up with the pandemic. The pandemic really forced us into introspection. A lot of the things that we took for granted were suddenly again taken away from us. And, um, you know, I used to fly back to Germany every one and a half years to see the family and the friends. And I used to be in Sydney on a regular basis to catch up with those friends over there, but that all wasn't possible. And so in me started this stirring and I was unhappy with where I was at heading towards 40 you can imagine you're suddenly starting to ask the big questions. What do I do with the rest of my life? Am I on track? Am I living according to my values? Am I making the best out of what I can? And um, the answer basically was no. And I always had a passion for, for well-being, for wellness, for personal development. And um, that's really when the penny clicked or when, when the penny dropped for me. And when I suddenly realized, I'm like, well, maybe... I should actually be doing something completely different. Went to all the job searching sites, started looking for jobs. I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me. That doesn't sound like me. And after a couple of months, I came to the conclusion that I had to open up my own business. And I turned to a lot of the tools like Ikigai, where you basically have a look at what are you good at? Um, what do you really love doing? What can you get paid for? What does the world need? And um, out of all my passions really came a business called Retreat A Little. And Retreat A Little is now a company that will give people the opportunity to unplug from the busyness of their lives, from the different hats that they're wearing at different parts of their lives, um, possibly have lost themselves in all the chaos, and just to pause, to reflect, and to really start becoming the best version of themselves again so that whatever is ahead of them moving forward, they can get excited about again. Because I don't know about you, but um, over here in Australia, the corporate burnout is huge. And you speak to so many people, they're absolutely exhausted, um, they're complaining. Uh, obviously, you know, Sydney and Melbourne is just coming out of lockdown. They had been homeschooling for the last couple of months, which has taken a massive toll on everyone. And um, suddenly people are like, life is precious. Let's do something. I love all of this. And the main thing is that I hear from people all the time is I need a job. Like I need to get paid ASAP. So it's important that I spend as little time out of work or between jobs as possible. While I agree with that from a financial standpoint, you know, making sure you're getting back to work. What you offer and what I think everyone needs, whether you're gainfully employed or not, is a moment. And a moment can be a few days, a week. It could be an hour. You know, it's really whatever. I think an hour is too short. But uh, where you have, you step back from your life and you say what you're saying about, what do I really want to be doing? What are my gifts and talents? Where do I really want to be? Is it another job where I'm doing the exact same thing 
and the people have different names, but they're exactly the same. No, I mean, I don't believe that. You know, I, um, I was asked on a podcast recently, if you went to heaven, what do you want God to say to you? And I said, I want God to say at a girl. And I think if I had stayed in the corporate world in that safe environment where I would have been fine, I would have made that 3% raise every year. I would have had, you know, health insurance and security and all of those things in a team, which would have given me a level of leadership, you know, significance, but I don't think God would say the same thing. Cause I think I was meant for more. And I think everyone listening to this was meant for more than that, that job that you've done before. Now, something I want to talk about with you as well is I believe that there are two types of entrepreneurs. There's the entrepreneur, like what you're talking about. And then there's the intrapreneur. And a lot of people aren't aware of the intrapreneur, but it's using entrepreneurial skills inside a corporate environment to make dramatic change, uh, to increase significance for themselves, but also increase um, visibility value for that organization and actually have a monetary scale in there as well. We as, as people think that our scale of pay is exactly what's given to us, everything's negotiable. And if you come in with the right plan, then you can negotiate bigger things and actually be an intrapreneur and take those skills without having to necessarily open your own business. But I'm mentioning all this because I feel like what you give people is that moment to reflect and say, what is it do that I want to do? Because right now what I'm doing is not working anymore. Yeah. And you're making a really important point here because not everyone that is burned out in corporate is made to be an entrepreneur and is made out to start opening their own business because they're either lacking the idea or they're lacking the drive or it's just not suitable for them right now at this moment in time. So what I would like people to really have a think about is how are your personal values in alignment with what you're doing in your job? You know, if you say my dream is to be a teacher, there are so many different ways to be a teacher. You can be a teacher in kindergarten. You can be a teacher in for adults in corporate. So what is it that gets you really fired up, that gets you really passionate? And then how do you actually find a company that encompasses all of that so that you can go in and you light up the room when you walk in and you can, can you can arrive with your ideas and you can bring them to the table and people listen to you. And I think this is exactly what you're referring to. And um, that's what I really want people to do moving forward. I think the pandemic has given us a really great opportunity to go back to the workplace in a different way to hold people accountable and say, hey, these are the values that you're displaying on your vision boards or wherever, but I don't actually see them coming through. Or you say that you encourage flexible work arrangements and that you're really interested in me as a mum returning to work, but how do you actually make that possible for me? How is that a, a mutual exchange of energies of agreements so to say and um yeah great opportunity moving forward to really yeah 
just let it all crumble and rebuild that again and really start shaping what that future in corporate can look like for those that will remain to be in corporate. So this is why I'm in love with Alice. Um, Don't tell your husband. I won't tell mine. I'm in love with you Uh, because you and I are, are bonded in this same mission. And I do believe that we need as many people on this mission as possible, which is um, I've heard so many people, and I, you probably have as well, say companies don't know where I fit, or my, I was so upset with my company when they restructured and they didn't find a place for me. And what I want to say to those people is that's not their job. It's your job to share your value and where you fit and actually be the entrepreneur for your career, whether that's inside the current organization you're a part of or outside. And to your point, sometimes it does mean crumbling. It means things aren't exactly where I want them to be. And having that moment of reflection to say, where do I want them to be? Because the definition of pain, by the way, is when our internal expectations do not meet our outside reality. That's pain. Um, And I should say from from a negative standpoint, uh, that that's what causes pain, but what causes suffering is doing nothing about that, not doing the mind work, not doing the action to actually decide how do I make these more in alignment with one another, whether that be, I decide to look for a new job or back to your point about where is it that I want to go doing that work to say, why doesn't this fit and how could it? and really spending the time. I like to say that a lot of people are just like, they wanna move to a new job. They're ready to move to a new job. And in the US, we have a term, you've probably heard it, from the frying pan to the fire, Hmm. (laughs) meaning you're going from one heated element of pain to another heated element. And I think without doing what you are talking about, retreating a little bit into yourself, retreating a little bit to an amazing environment, Um, where you're away from everything and you get really clear on what your objectives are, only then can you actually make that move and create the valuable life and and end the suffering really um, that you are causing for yourself. So yeah, absolutely. It's hard to go and have a look at yourself because it's much easier to externalize your problems, to always look for other causes, other issues, other people that are holding you back or companies that are holding you back. But to actually sit in silence and to actually look inside is one of the hardest jobs and to be okay with whatever is going to come up because guess what? Things will come up. Things are bubbling up and we live in such a busy world with, um, you know, stimulation all around us 24-7 we're not used to sitting in silence anymore. And that's where I got so uncomfortable 18 months ago. I nearly walked out on my marriage because I thought my husband was the problem, but it was just that I didn't grab life by the horns and I was super frustrated with where I was heading and I made everyone else responsible for that. And I think every one of us can probably take a minute or so and reflect on that and say, well, is it me? 
Is it the outside world? What can I change? What conversations do I need to have? Do I need to have conversations with my family members to say, I'm now going to set these healthy boundaries because we're all going to benefit from this. I'm going to start focusing on self-care because if I pour from a cup that is full, that will benefit the rest of the family. I can then support everyone around me, but only if we start prioritizing self-care. And I think that's also then when we're connected and when we can make decisions that are in alignment with what we're meant to do and whatever you want to call that in, in your world. Um, but that's sort of the, the connection that we all need and that we're longing for as well. I love it. So question for you, how do people work with you? How do we retreat a little? So it's interesting you ask that because the company is still very young. I was only made redundant in April this year. And uh, my very first well-being retreat is actually going to come up in a couple of weeks here in Australia. But what I have realized with um, conversations with, with other entrepreneurs, with other people, my vision is actually so much bigger that I can't just focus on face-to-face. So I'm going to take retreating online. And Next year, I'm going to launch masterclasses. I'm going to launch, I don't know whether I'm going to call them quests, but for now, they're going to be called quests. And then the cherry on top is then really going to be the face-to-face retreats where people can really disconnect and come to a beautiful space, have the beautiful food, the beautiful connections. But yeah, if I want to touch as many people as possible, I really need to play in the virtual space. And the vision is to really incorporate body, mind, and soul into it so that you're actually looking at all aspects. The big mission is to reduce fight and flight because every one of us is in such a fight and flight response where cortisol is constantly circulating in our bodies. And we are not living in a time where we need to run away from a tiger. We basically need to drop the cortisol, need to drop all the anxieties, need to drop everything else that is going on so we can make clear decisions. And that's really my aim in the first part of the year where we really need to work on breathing. You know, we have all forgotten how to breathe. So if we can start with that, and then I'm going to bring in some movement. I mean, again, one of the blessings that came out of the kafafo over the last 18 months is everything can now be done virtually. Mm-hmm. I can start offering yoga sessions with some really amazing yoga instructors. So I'm going to pull really amazing talent together that will help me bring this vision alive. And um, the good thing is it's not all my knowledge. It's it's lots of people's knowledge. And I think that's where it really is going to be super exciting for 2022. So you can follow me on Retreat A Little on Instagram. That's probably the best one to go to. Um, that's where we're hosting a lot of IGTVs at the moment. We start talking about the topics that I'm really going to be um, bringing out next year, like, like breath work, um, how to turn money into a positive, because again, we as females, for us, money is such a new thing. It's like, well, how can we actually start becoming um, a little bit better with money to be a little bit more independent and to really live the life that we deserve? Because we're here to thrive. We're not just here to survive. And 
it's not a concept that is reserved for a certain amount of people. It's something that we can all tap into if we're willing to do the work. But yes, it's work and it will probably be work for the rest of your life. So if you're willing to do that, then obviously the future is very, very bright. I love that you're tackling all of this because there is no one pill, right? There is no one thing. If you get up every day and you do this one thing, I hate when people say that because it's really, it's a series of things. And you're saying, I'm going to curate the best stuff for you so that you can retreat where you are using the tools that I know work, which by the way, that is such a load off. I, I spent 15 years in supply chain. I'm all about streamlining processes. And if you can streamline the retreat process for me by giving me the best tools, I am all about that hundred percent. And you mentioned something about fight or flight. And I read a book and I, I think it's called doing the work actually um, about our brains and how they work and why we do that uh, back to that cortisol. And I don't do either of those. I do both. And that's called freeze. And I did not understand that it's actually my brain vacillating very quickly between fight and flight. It can't choose. So I just freeze. So it's like my body's overreacting to the environment, giving me nothing, giving me no tools. And I'm mentioning that because I know a lot of people struggle with freeze, whether it be, you know, a bear is chasing you. I don't think any of us have bears chasing us, just like you said. Um, but we're at a work situation and we freeze and people think she crumbled under pressure. Well, no, actually her brain is rapidly switching between should I fight this or should I run away? And our brain can't decide. And so when, as much as we can turn off that cortisol, as much as we can turn off that stress that actually turns off the logical thinking part of our brain, the better off we are. Um, and so I just love that that's something that you're going you're gonna to tackle and you're going to talk about and give people a little retreat every single day. I will tell you, I think Instagram is one of the greatest communities because you can decide what you take in. So you can decide who you want to follow. You can do this on any channel, right? But, but the thing that I love about Instagram is, is depending on who you're following, it can be this amazing teaching tool. And totally. I mainly follow people like you because that's what I want to see in the world. I don't follow political things. I don't follow medical things. That's not my jam. I'm not saying they're not important, but that's just not on a daily basis. I want people like you in my life so that I get a little bit of a retreat. And then I also follow people who are very different from me because it's educating me on that other perspective that I'm fascinated by because my opinion is boring and I would prefer others. Um, you know, what's the old saying? There's more than one way to skin the skin a cat, which sounds terrible. And I've never done <laughs> and hope to never do that. Um, but that's what I love. And I love what you're bringing to Instagram. And, you know, I love, I love reels and I love video, you know, IGTV and that type of thing, because it gives you the opportunity in these small little snippets to give people a little bit of that retreat. So I just, I just think that's amazing. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. And then obviously, you know, by collaborating with other small business owners as well, if people get a taste for something and if they say, Hey, you have just sparked this interest breathing, you know, 
you have just sparked an interest in breathing, well, go and do your research. But at least I can give you the opportunity to tap into an area that you have never thought of before. So I'm going to host sound baths that are going to be live. And, you know, if you have a price point of, I don't know, 25 Australian dollars or something for a class, then you probably say, all right, that's that's not too much of a waste of money. If, if that's good, then that's great. And if that's not good, then at least I know that that's not for me. Mm-hmm. But the thing also with, uh, with mindfulness is, did you know that there is a particular type of mindfulness that might be more suited depending on your star sign? Oh, interesting. No, I didn't know that. Yes. So if you're a fire sign like me, I'm a Leo. (gasps) For me, are you too? Yes. Oh my God. There we go. (laughs) But if you try and sit us into a room and tell us to be sitting in silence for 20 minutes and try to move any thoughts that we have out of our brain, probably not achievable. So for me, being mindful is actually going for a walk. And I don't take a, well, I do take a phone, but I don't have any podcasts playing or music. I don't have earphones in. I really try and have a look at the surroundings, listen to the birds. And for me, that's blissful. That's how I recharge better than trying to sit in a room cross-legged. Not for me. I, I need some stimulation. And so water signs can find mindfulness in swimming. Mm. So again, it's just opening up to all the different ways that you can try and become more present, be more in the now, get out of fight and flight. Because I tell you what, 21 years in healthcare, I have seen everything. And the last company that I worked for was the largest medical device company in the world. And I have been anywhere from the pacemaker department to the stents to heart valve replacement. And I think a lot of the things are obviously caused by the way we live. And I really hope that if we can start living a little bit more mindful, that some of the diseases that are presenting these days can potentially be reversed. I mean, that would be a dream because if we all continue living like we're doing, oh my God, the healthcare system is going to absolutely crumble. And um, yeah, so big mission, big vision, but if we don't try, then you don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's a couple things that uh, you just touched on that I, I love. One is I totally agree with you. I think mindset, I think what we put in our bodies, how much we move our bodies, all of that matters. And I 100% agree with the walk. In fact, my team knows that after a walk, they're going to get like 30 text messages or a giant email from me. Cause I get these great ideas and it's like, Oh my gosh, we're going to do this and this and this. And I'm big about execution. So it all happens. Um, but I just have to share, you know, Oh my gosh, I had this great revelation. Um, and so I absolutely love that. And I, I just love that you see how connected all of this is because it is right. And I agree with you that if we are not, if you are constantly pushing emotion down in your life, um, it's fine, right? It's fine. I'm fine. If you say that to me, that is a, that's a red flag to me that something's wrong. Uh, And if you say that enough, it will start eating your body, whether it's stress or something else. When you are not 
touching or, or feeling those emotions fully and really recognizing them, I think damage happens because I think your body looks at it as a foreign object. Um, I, cu I couldn't agree more with that. And I also love what you're saying about the signs, because I do believe that everybody's a little different in terms of where they gain ideas, where they gain, you know, reflection time and their, their own personal retreat. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of this. This is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad. I also follow Alice Schaefer on LinkedIn. Um, I will share all of that in the show notes. I will share your Instagram handle as well. And is there anything else that, that you would love, like a final thought that you would love to give our listeners? The final thought would be take five minutes, grab yourself a cup of tea, sit on the sofa and reflect on this and just write down what are your personal values and are you in alignment with what you're meant to be doing? Oh man, what a great exercise. I love it. I love it. I'm going to do it too, because I think we should all grow and change. So I think this is amazing. Well, thank you so much, Alice. This has been absolutely wonderful. I cannot wait to watch you grow and flourish. And as soon as I can travel and <laughs> my children are young, but I want to go to one of your retreats. That's definitely a, a plan that I have. Cause I just think that sounds absolutely phenomenal. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.